Praise the Lord and welcome to our weekly 30-minute podcast, The Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy. Our podcast will cover various topics that are often overlooked, misunderstood, or even controversial from a biblical perspective. We're blessed to have a team of wonderful producers who want to make each episode that will be something enjoyable and informative. The Almighty God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. During today's episode, we will continue our discussion on the importance of higher education for saved and sanctified youth in our secular society. The elephant in the room is, can our youth remain committed to God on college campuses? Joining me today for uh, our episode are Associate Pastor Corey Linda Bellamy Sr., Lady Latrice Wallace Bellamy, Elder Maurice and Lady Satoya Clanton, and Sister Chardonnay Muhammad. I'll be back with today's episode. Well, welcome back, uh, producers. The The first segment that we did was very informative, and I enjoyed every moment of it. I hope that you all are well. We are well, thank you. Doing well, thank yeah. you. Yes, glad to be Fantastic. Let's let's start um, this episode with talking about um, are there any suggested class schedules as it relates to the university catalog and also class load? I've heard college students say, university students say, I have too many classes and they're feeling very overwhelmed. And when and how should the students determine if they want to go full-time or part-time. Pastor Maurice and Lady Satoya, would you like to address this for us? Absolutely. Thank you. For me, when I started in school as an adult, married, I started out full-time and I was at a community college studying to be an LPN. And it was maybe about six years after graduating from high school. So a lot of this stuff wasn't fresh, Mm -hmm. but a lot Mm -hmm. of it was. So eventually I got the wind underneath my sails and I was excelling at a level that I was impressing my professors. I had classes where I maintained an A throughout the course that I didn't even have to take the final. Mm -hmm. So course-wise for me, I would say if you have to decide what you want to do. And I know that one of the biggest things that kids go to school with is an undecided mind. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, with the rising cost of schooling, it's not the luxury that it once was. You really need to know what you want to do to a certain degree and then start knocking down the classes that you need to. So a good advisor will, for your first and second semester, get you set up with stuff that are non-negotiables, like your prereqs for plethora of degrees or um, avenues of study. For me, doing the nursing field, I still had to do math, sciences. I didn't have to, and English, of course, which were prereqs, but I didn't have to do a bunch of different electives and whatnot. So that helped me out when I was at, at the community college. However, after a year, I was doing really good and I transferred. I got accepted 
into the nursing program at Troy University. And so a lot of the credits didn't transfer over. So I hit the ground again wow. from the bottom, starting over, mm. which is one of the biggest points that I was stressed credit dated schools yeah that i learned that lesson the hard way i did excellent at the school that i went to but at that point they were currently undergoing their accreditation process and hadn't gotten it so my stuff was like <laughs> just a fancy piece of paper uh that they did not honor <laughs> wow that so, hurts <laughs> yes so when i got over to troy I did the same prereqs. And, and of course, because I had the refresher, I excelled. Class-wise, I was full-time when I started, and I maintained about five classes with a lab. And that's a good base for a beginning student. And like I said, I was non-traditional. So it was I was also juggling a wife and, and two children at the time. So it, that was most convenient. I worked, and I went to school full-time. So for me, that's all I could do. I know that there was kids that were taking like 18 hours, which is about six to seven classes, which you're just around the clock going to classes. And it's just not, not ideal for a family man or any other responsibilities. So if you know what you want to go for, your class schedule should look like where you're trying to get to, in my opinion. Lady Satoya, did you go, you were, you were, you were in full time, correct? Yes. Um, and I actually had both experience with both um, as a single fresh out of high school student and then also as a married wife and mom to two little kids. So um, when I was planning uh, prior to graduating high school, I already had access to the course catalog because I applied for early acceptance and I received that letter the November prior to actually graduating. And so I was able to get access to the course catalog and look at the different majors they had to offer and also map out what potential courses I would want to take that tied to the major. And I, I was able to have that head start. And then also with the pre-freshman summer program, I was able to take cl classes during the summer. So I was somewhat ahead by the time the fall season started. And I was able to work with my financial aid because they're, they're only going to pay for what's in alignment mm -hmm. with your uh, major. You don't want to take courses that are not tied to your major because then that's another expense and you're going to end up scrambling in the long run. And then, you know, I also work with my student advisor. And like I said, she was hard on me. She kept me on track. If I was, if she saw where I wasn't attending classes, the, they, the professors kept records and she would reach out. Hey, I see you're slipping here. I need you to get back where you're supposed to be. And so she she helped me to stay on track with what my my plan was as a pre-med student. Now, I was full-time there, and I also was a full-time student at Troy University. Um, the cool thing about Troy is they have campuses all across Alabama, and they also have global campuses. And the one in Montgomery was a non-traditional campus where you have a lot of working adults, you have military and you also have fresh out of high school students. So there is a, a mix of every level of education mm -hmm. that we were able to benefit from. We were able to get perspectives from people who were in the workforce and they could bring that knowledge to us. And we were able to gain not only from professors, but also from our peers. And at Troy, at the time I wasn't working, I was with the kids when I started, I was a stay at home mom and the boys, they were, I think, 
one and, and two, maybe two and three, but they were small. And so I was able to focus the time with them at, at home and also go to classes at night. That's wonderful. And my parents. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. The really cool thing about that too was with my dad being the pastor, he was also hands-on with his grandkids. And so my dad and his, my, my, my mom, they would take the kids in the evenings while we went to campus downtown. And so we were commuting together, um, Elder Clanton and I, um, to classes. And we tried to take some of the same courses, even though we were branching off into different directions eventually. But those prereqs, we, we took some of the same courses. Uh, we tried to make sure our workloads, they weren't so ridiculous that we couldn't still support going to work, going to church, taking care of the children. And then as I started getting closer to graduation, I was able to go online. And with being online, I was able to accelerate the courses that I had uh, mm-hmm. on my list. So where with Troy, their semesters, they're broken up to where you can take terms. And within each term, you could take two to four courses. And I was able to graduate quicker in some cases. Um, but as I started working, that's when things got a little dicey. and <laughs> I had to scale back to part-time. And even with part-time, I was still able to go online. That was an option that was available too. Uh, and and all, of, all of it really is, is going back to what works for you and your personality. Yeah. And for me, I'm already an introvert. I like to be behind the scenes. So being online, it was I was able to do what I needed to do, knock out my homework, my discussion boards, all of that, and then going about my business. And it, it really is just a matter of working with, your advisors, looking at your course plan for your major, um, determining whether you're going to be a working student or full-time student and scheduling your courses that way. And then again, I'm not a morning person, I don't think. So some of those eight o'clock, nine o'clock classes. Maurice has, Maurice, Maurice has his, (laughs) (laughs) Maurice is thinking something. Go 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 ahead, Zatoya. <laughs> no, you have to know you really do. You have to yeah. know, like, really get to know yourself and yeah. understand what you're capable of doing. So. Yeah. Have any mm-hmm. of you all had a bad experience with your college advisors? It sounds like Zatoya was very fortunate to have a good advisor. Have Have any of you had some bad advisors, and you're like, "Oh my God, what what are they thinking? What are they doing?" I won't say I had a bad one, but I had one that was just as crazy as I was. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when I say that, I had an advisor tell me that, oh, it's fine to do A&P and a lab and nutrition and uh, dosing and solution all in a nine week course. And that wasn't, <laughs> it, was bad. it was bad. I, I felt like I didn't know which way was up. I felt like every time I turned around, I had a test. Every time I turned around, I had something due. And I was like, man, this should not be this hard. And I was working. To add entry to insult, I was working and in the church. So, like, you got your church life, your home life, your work life, and in full-time school on a summer uh, uh, shrunk schedule. It was ridiculous. It sounds and like I, it sounds like your advisor needed an advisor. <laughs> that may have been the case. Like, oh no, you'll be fine. I'll sign off on this. Like, I'm thinking myself, right? Okay, if you think I can do it, then I'm going to do it. 
<laughs> know yourself. Pastor Corey, what <laughs> yeah. about you and Lady Latrice? Um, did you all have any experiences with um, an advisor that needed an advisor? <laughs> there were some very bad advisors. Being a college professor alone does not qualify you to be an advisor. My recommendation is to get the catalog for your particular degree and follow that catalog recommendation no matter what. Each semester, mark off the classes that you have taken yeah. and you will finish the program in a timely manner. You you will not go from a four-year student to a seven-year student. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you all. Thank you so much. Well, another aspect of going off to college is the expense of textbooks. <clears throat> yeah, that's another experience that Lady Gwen and I had with the children going to the bookstores, buying those textbooks, seeing how expensive they are, and maybe find some uh, previously used books that were in good condition. And I've noticed that some of my uh, children who are still in college actually are buying them online and using them for, what do you call it, the semester or whatever the case might be. Chardonnay, what do you suggest or what are your recommendations for these students that have this responsibility of coming up with these expensive books? Yeah, so as you previously stated, the cost of textbooks is just too much. Educationdata.org says that textbooks annually can cost between $628 and $1,400, and that's annually. So what I did, I did talk to my professor. He or she at the time was able to recommend um, people that may have had old books for us to use. Mm -hmm. And the bookstore, I went to the bookstore, and sometimes when you are able to buy them new, the bookstore that you went to can buy them back from you. So that was neat. Sometimes you don't have a lot of time to find uh, the book that you need or find a used book that you need. So I just thought the better thing would be to just buy it new and then sell it back. So that's an option. And then I know a lot of people that shared a book. Personally, I wouldn't I didn't know you could do that. I, did, I didn't know that they would allow you to share books. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> our, uh, our Spit the cost, right? Know. <laughs> yeah, no, like they would, like you would have it a few days or, and then the other person would yeah. or something like that. Personally, I didn't do that and I 1010 do not recommend. <laughs> uh, but I mean, some people did it and if it works for you, you, you never know, you never yeah, know. But yeah. there are other things that you could do. Um, the bookstore also allows you to rent books, like certain books are out for rent. So you could do that also. So if you paid, say you paid $125, $150 for a book, brand new book, and then you sold it back to the to the bookstore, approximately how much would you get for that? It's kind of like a car off the lot. Like It, it lost value, value when you walk you, out the door. As soon as you, oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> that's not right. So, so what, they, what, what would they give fair. you, $25 for a $150 book? Honestly, that happened, something similar like that happened to me uh, last time I was in school. So I'm like... You just take your L's at that point. You're like, <laughs> it is what it is. Is it cheaper to buy books at the the college campus bookstore online? Or I see where there may be books available in the library and you just use books in the library. What What's what's cheaper to do, to buy it from the bookstore or to get them online? 
personally, I never bought the books online, but I have heard that they can be cheaper. Mm-hmm. I just like kind of just having the ability to just get it right when I need it to. Okay. So I didn't want to wait to like order it online mm-hmm. and then it, it might not get here or it might not be exactly what it is or whatever the case is. But yeah, I don't have experience with that, but maybe. <laughs> now, have you ever decided I'm just going to keep these books for for my library for future reference or do you take all of your books that you use for that semester and sell them back to the bookstore yeah so i think total i kept one book <laughs> and i and i think i only kept the book because the library didn't buy it back <laughs> but <laughs> you had no choice <laughs> yeah i didn't have a choice but i know some people that gave the books to their instructor or professor Mm -hmm. and he was able to let students like rent it out from him or use them temporarily okay fantastic lady um latrice we talked about transitioning from high school to college what about developing healthy study habits there is a big difference between high school and college i guess as night much as night and day if they don't have good study habits in high school, they are definitely going to be in trouble in college. What are parents Most doing? Yeah. What are the advisors doing in order to help children develop healthy study habits? Well, first, I want to say many times students think that going to college is like being at home, but not having mom and dad watching over them. Mm-hmm. But no, your parents will not be there coming in your room, turning on your lights and telling you to get up. <laughs> This is a choice that you have to make. You have to make a choice to get up and go to class. And using a planner or a cell phone will be very helpful to schedule your deadline. And the great thing about having a cell phone is that it has an alarm on it. So it'll allow them to schedule their deadlines and alarm them when the deadline is near or when it's current. Also, as you mentioned about the professors, get to know their professors, find out what professor will work for them, uh, what's a best fit for them. Because if you can't stay awake with somebody that's speaking in monotone, then you don't want to use that professor. You want to get a different professor. Get somebody that's the best fit for you. Understanding how much studying is required per mm-hmm. class. Mm-hmm. And, um, utilizing I think that's the, free that's the problem Pastor Maurice ran into with the bad advisor. He gave him class. <laughs> he gave him classes that required him right. more studying than he had hours in a day. <laughs> I mean, you only have twelve awaking hours. <laughs> yeah. And if you're working, you know, if you're working and you gotta eat, then you gotta, you know, take a break or something, you know, refresh. Yeah. You can't you can't get it done if you don't have that time set aside for you studying. Also, I wanna say utilize the free campus tutors. Some people don't realize that they get resources on right there on campus mm-hmm. and they post them in the uh, student centers where you can go. I mean, it's, it's out there. They Now we have technology. They can go online and find out that information about their university and build relationships. Oh, my goodness. It, it's build relationship with smart, smart students. <laughs> somebody, somebody help you with your work, right? <laughs> Have a study buddy, you know. No, I've never done I've never done statistics, I guess that's what they call it. And I hear everybody complain. I don't know anybody that loved that class or likes that class. Um, economics and statistics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Those are the two hot ones. Now, I, it sounds like or it seems like Satoyo just that would be a breeze for her, the uh, statistics. So you would definitely want to be friends with somebody like Satoyo who can help you with to, to navigate those those type of very difficult. Did any of you all take statistics? No, I avoided that class. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are scaring me. I have uh, statistics coming up. Oh, do you? <laughs> make yeah. friends, make so friends with somebody, okay? <laughs> wow, wow. And is is that a requirement, Chardonnay? Yeah. Wow. I don't know of anybody that likes statistics, and everybody that I've talked to or read about complains about it and is asking, does anybody have a clue of what's going on with this class? Pastor Corey, did you take statistics? I had statistics and undergraduate and graduate. And you love pain. You love pain, huh? (laughs) The (laughs) the probability of graduating Without statistics is zero percentage. Really? So how how did you do with um, stats? I got steady buddies. Okay. To walk me through the process. I worked with my professor. I worked with the dean of the college. When it was time to do the comprehensive exam, we were told by the proctor that we could not use calculators. (laughs) Were you supposed to use your brain? The Lord God Almighty and his infinite wisdom sent the dean walking down the hall at that moment. And I became a rebel. I yelled, Dr. Lake. (laughs) (laughs) And God gave us favor. He got us calculators. And that's the only way I passed. Wow. So there you go, Chardonnay. Make friends, and if you're having problems making friends uh, that can help you with that, you can always reach out to Pastor Corey. <laughs> he took it twice. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> right. Bishop, I also want to mention that many people go to class, they receive paperwork from their professor. The one thing that they want to keep dear to their heart is the syllabus. The syllabus is like the Bible. Okay. Stay on task. Meet those deadlines, because if they do not follow those instructions, they are setting themselves for failure. No. Now, I, I know they had orientations for what, what do they call them? Freshmen, um, college students. Yes. Do they cover all of this stuff in, in orientation? It depends on your institution. OK, let's talk a little bit about being in college and being employed. And I do know that there are some college students who work and how they do it and manage to to get their bachelor's and master's degree is beyond my comprehension. Lady Satoya, what do you think about the young adults being employed while studying? I think going back to what I said before, they have to know themselves and know what they're capable of and what their capacity is because um, if they're already at a full-time uh, course load, they're going to eventually burn out. Yeah. And if they're trying to work and that, that job may be off campus, then they have to figure out what to do, how they're going to get there, when they're going to be able to get back. For me, when I was in New York, I had a work study 
position and it worked for my schedule. Mm-hmm. I was able to work in the afternoons and I rode the bus. I had a bus pass, so I was able to catch the bus at a certain time every day, get down to the youth bureau and work my four hours and then get a ride back with um, the bishop's wife. And that goes back to having that support system. My dad, I know we talked about it the last episode, but my dad, he he did get with the bishop there and he said, hey, here's my kid. I'm leaving her in your hands. And they took me under their wing and I rode the bus. And if I needed to go anywhere else, they would take me. But the ultimate responsibility for getting anywhere to work was mine. Yeah. And so I made sure I that transportation. And, you know, for young people, you know, you want to make some money if you if you can. If you're able to do it on campus, I would recommend finding a work study position through the financial aid office. And I actually worked in the financial aid office and they're really good at determining how much work uh, financial aid you have that mm-hmm. can go towards work study and then connecting you with the departments on campus or whatever groups on campus have availability. And it is first come first serve. So if you know that you want to do work study, go ahead and get it done. Sign up for it on your FAFSA. Check. Yes, I want work study on your, your college application. I believe that's the spot on most applications where they ask you, do you want to do work study? Check. Yes. Even if you decide not to check all the options that you may potentially want to do mm-hmm. and then make sure it's not impeding on your, your actual course schedule, because that's number one priority. If it's to where you're doing more work study than actually studying, you may have an uh, imbalance. You need to figure something out. But going back to, you know, know your capability, know your capacity, because it is easy to overload yourself. And, and Elder Clanton, he mentioned um, how some students, they, they take an overload coursework. The course load, they're taking 18 plus credit hours and they're, they're working around the clock doing schoolwork and trying to fit work study in there or, or an actual job. If you're not able to, don't come in with these grand ideas that you're able to do all the things now that you're out on your own because mm-hmm. it's going to knock you out and knock you down real quick. So go in easy and, and work with the personnel that's on campus in the financial aid office, work with your student advisor and help let them help you because they've seen what happens when students balance it out one way versus the next. Elder Maurice, how did that work out for you? And um, Satoya married, had children in college, and of course you're taking care of your family. How did you manage all of that? With the help of the Lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me, I was fortunate that uh, when I first started school, I was able to get some scholarships, even though I was an old head there were still monies out there that I can get, which didn't require me to work. And then when I transferred, I got work study. So the Lord blessed me to get some of the most coveted jobs on campus. The first one I had was in an office. I had never worked in an office doing the type of stuff I had done <laughs> in my whole life. But they took me and they they uh, labored with me. <laughs> and I, I made pretty good proofreading letters and putting stamps on envelopes. And I mean, it wasn't too shabby. You know, I thank the Lord for that. And I was able to maintain my courses. And then when that position kind of wrapped up, he he allowed me to be able to get into work study at the library, Rosa Parks Library, which was cake, um, as the kids say, uh, no cap. It was easy. I could work and study. And I like, 
Satori was saying, when you are working more than you're studying, that's when you're going to get yourself into trouble with it. So it needs to be a good balance. Fun fact, I, I managed on a campus and I had to let some of my kids know, I'm like, this is not work study. This is a job. Like, <laughs> we're, we're, not, we're not paying you through your FAFSA. We're paying you through our profit. So yeah. I want you to be successful, but this is not a work study job. If you want a work study job, you got to go through the school. Yeah. It's a job job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and treat it and treat and and like, treated like a job. Yeah. So mm -hmm. some of them didn't understand that. Well, it's on campus. Why is it not work study? It's, it's just not. This department is not work study. Um, there's plenty of work study jobs, but they already got got. That's why you're here yeah. <laughs> with me. So and then they'll be like, oh, well, I want to get, you know, 25, close to 30 hours. And I'm like, OK, um, I'll schedule you for it. And then, they'll, you know, they'll start struggling in school or they'll start failing to show up. And it's like, you guys, you know, you need to let me know if you got stuff going on. We can dial it back because ultimately your parents sent you here to be successful in school and not to be getting, you know, a big old check um, every two weeks. For me, I think it worked out really good. The Lord blessed me. In that period of time, I had, you know, no other thing to do. So he allowed me to be able to take care of my family with all of the stuff that we needed and go to school full time and bring in income. And it, I mean, when I look back, hindsight, it's like, it wasn't nothing but the Lord. People ask me, how do we do it? I said, look, I don't know how we made it over. I know it was the Lord. <laughs> look. All the needs were met and we were just, you know, we were occupying. Wow. Praise so, God. That, that, that is amazing. And, uh, we salute any parent or couples that are married, uh, raising children and uh, attending university or college and getting their degrees. We certainly salute you. Let's take a minute and talk about campus life. Which for our young people, when they first get on campus life, I'm sure it's maybe a little frightening, but exciting. There's so much that they can get involved in. And, you know, some of them get in, involved in healthy things and some of them get involved in some very, very unhealthy activities. Chardonnay, what are your recommendations for the freshman students to get involved in when they are on campus grounds? Yeah, so my recommendation would be to join a club. Mm -hmm. That's just the best thing to do. It's the best way to make memories and enjoy college life. I tend to recommend Black Student Union. I was in that when I was in school. And then I think I also joined the multicultural club. So, and there are other like, you know, clubs out there. A lot of people join student gov and school paper and things like that to get involved and just be a part of something. It's, it's really fun. Um, you make those memories and it's nice to belong to another community. When freshman students come on campus, are these groups recruiting freshmen to get them to join their groups? Or do you have to find out what's there and decide what you're going to join. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I know when I was a freshman, I was recruited, but they didn't have to do much recruiting because I knew I wanted to be in BSU. <laughs> you, you had a plan. <laughs> yeah, I had a plan. I was going in there like, all right, what are we doing? But they do have a list of organizations that your school provides. 
Um, so it's nice to take a look at that list and your advisor or um, even your professor would know about some too and might be able to recommend one that will work for you. Pastor Kurt, what do you think about the Greek organizations joining? I know, I'm sure every freshman joins some kind of group when they when they go off onto um, campus. What are your thoughts on Greek organizations? Bishop, college students need to have a balance. Mm-hmm. And that balance is three-prone, God, academic, and campus life. As you mentioned, most of freshmen are definitely interested in Greek life, especially if you're African-American and you attend an HBCU, a historically black college or university. Uh, Kentucky State, where I attended, is an HBCU. As it relates to fraternities, saints should not, saints must not be a part of Greek organizations. Jesus asked the question, can a man serve two masters? Actually, it wasn't a question. It was a statement. No man can serve two masters. When you join a Greek organization, they encourage partying. Mm -hmm. One of the things that one of the Greek organizations would do is have a panty raid. Mm -hmm. Brother Jimmy has no business in being a part of a panty raid. No, I think that'll get him disfellowshipped. (laughs) (laughs) and um, And if he's married possibly divorced (laughs) yes greek organizations instill pride and status that is against the will of god greek organizations also encourage their members require their members to swear loyalty to the organization that is not the will of god for his people. So there are two other scriptures that come to mind, James 4 and 4. A part of that scripture says, whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. If you go to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 around verse 14, it lets us know that we're not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Many times we think about that as it relates to a marital relationship, but you're actually yoking yourself with unbelievers in an organization. When they go through pledge week, they have what's referred to as crossing the burning sands. Now that reminds me of the followers of Molech, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. crossing the burning sands. Right. The Greek society was anti-Christ and embedded within that culture of Greek organizations, you will find things that are anti-Christ. So believers should not, must not join those organizations. One former believer that I attended the university with said he was doing it to prove to himself that he can remain saved. Well, he wasn't saved for very long. Wow, he didn't. He make tempted it. God. Wow, and he lost his footing in Christ. Yeah. Thank you so much for for these insights um, as to the activities on college campus, uh, Chardonnay and Pastor Corey. Did any of you play sports while you were attending university or college? No, not me. Okay. No. No. Okay. No. No. Okay. All right, Pastor Corey, we're going to uh, close with you. If a child gets sick, 
what services does Student Health Services provide for a child? Student Health Services is a health program that's provided by the university. It is covered through a health fee and it is required by the, by the university. Each university may have a program with slightly different services. Mm -hmm. So one, you have your student health services program where you pay the fee. Two, your parents may have health insurance on you. And three, many universities offer what I may refer to as a rider where you can sign up for the student health plan. Specifically, the University Health Services Program will provide preventative care services, acute care services, and flu shots. All of that falls under the free program. Now, if you sign up for the university program, it will cover more advanced things. If you need to have an x-ray, if you need to go to the ER, if you need to be admitted to the hospital. If you use your parents' program, it's really important for you to know whether or not that program is covered. Mm -hmm. If it is an out-of-network out program. Mm -hmm. Because typically insurance programs have a network program where you can visit a hospital or a doctor within the network for a cheaper rate for a out of network physician or hospital. It's much more expensive. So you need to know whether it's in network. You need to know what services are covered. Otherwise, you're going to end up spending a boatload of money. Well, that's very important, and I know we don't have time to talk about it in this particular episode, especially during these times is, you know, mental health. We're hearing more and more about that, those kinds of issues with mental health and college, university, life can be very overwhelming at times, and I'm certain that that is a, a major concern on these college and university campuses, the the mental health of the students. So um, in closing, let me just ask all of you uh, producers, when you attended college or university, did you see any situations where mental health was a, a major issue on campus? Mental health is a major issue. Students leave the comforts of their home Many of them go off to far away states, or if it's in-state, hours away from home. They are stretched to a point where they have never been before. Mm -hmm. They have deadlines that they're required to meet. And it does potentially wreak havoc on their mental health. The good news is most universities, in addition to having doctors, nurses, they also have counselors, mental health counselors on campus. You can go, you can sit down, you can talk with them and consult with them. Okay. Anyone else want to address that before we close? There's a young lady that um, she had committed suicide because she had mental health issues while wow. on campus. Wow. So it's real. Wow. 
I just want to um, underscore with us parents and, and family members of people going off to school, the support structure on campus and off campus is very important when it comes to mental health. Just as a child, I remember hearing stories of kids jumping off into Ithaca Falls off Cornell's oh. campus. My God. There's a, a particular road at... Um, for those that went to Ithaca, you rode across the road and um, there's a bridge that has a beautiful scape of the falls and many kids have taken their lives there due to the overwhelming schedule or grades not where they thought they wanted them to be or just mental health as a whole, you know, just tormented them until the point that they ended their lives. And even more so, like that's years ago when I heard about that, but most recently, um, when I was at the university, half of my kids that worked for me were on some form of medicine, um, whether it was for antidepression or for stress or anxiety. And, and I don't know, old school wisdom be like, oh, you'll be all right and just get over it. And But there's something to it. You know, it's too real. It's too prevalent. People are taking their lives too often for it to be something to just be swept under the rug or dismissed. It, it is really something that we need to dig into and listen. As a parent, I know that if my kid says that they don't feel themselves or they feeling down or they're stressed, that I got to take time and I got to listen to them and help them navigate through that storm. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, mm-hmm. it is something that is so common now. Like, I'll be 40 this year, and 20 years ago, it wasn't as wide, or I will say it wasn't as televised. There's a lot of stuff that has changed with the times, and that's one of the things, like, where we would have been told to just get over it, yeah. or just stuff together, yeah. or, you know, I mean, God forbid it was a preacher, safe folk don't act like that, yeah. you know, and, you know, safe folk can be broken, they could have struggles, they could have issues, they could have this thing on the inside contrary to what everybody else may assume there's still things that could be affecting you i know we covered it in a couple of episodes during the um our mental health it could be just an imbalance and if you can't even go if you're not encouraged to go get help concerning it then you know you're left with that struggle it could just be simply you need something else to supplement something that's not working in your body right 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 and my, mm-hmm. and my last thing that I want to share, one of the professors that I had uh, told us as nurses um, when I was in nursing school that the most important thing we could do is empower somebody to go get help. Yeah. Don't be yeah. that help because mm-hmm. people will come, well, you a nurse. Look at this thing I got growing on my neck. No, you probably need to go take that to a yeah. doctor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Go get checked out. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just a lot of times it's just somebody else saying it mm-hmm. will give you mm-hmm. the courage to go do it. Yeah. Shredder Nick, what about in the, in the area where you are, have you observed where mental health is an issue on the uh, campuses you've attended? Personally? Uh, no, not at the moment. Um, but I would just assume that's because I did a lot of online schooling okay. and in and out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Pastor Corey, did you want to close out? Bishop, I want to reiterate that it's very important to have that balance. Yeah. You have to have a spiritual balance. That's when you work with the local pastor. 
On some of our campuses, we have apostolic student unions. That's very important where you're getting that spiritual support. I spent countless hours in the offices of my professors and they were helping me to navigate through the challenges of the assignments. I befriended the administrators when I had a balance and I couldn't get back in school because I owed that money. God gave me favor with the, the vice president of business affairs. Mm-hmm. I went to, the, went to his office. I sat down. I talked to him. One of the first things he wanted to know was, young Bellamy, what are your grades like? Mm-hmm. Because I'd been working with my professors. My grades were, were where they needed to be. He, he picked up the telephone, called upstairs to financial aid, and said, I'm sending young Bellamy up there. Do whatever you have to do to get him in. Wow, that's so, a blessing. Yes, yes. And not only did he take me in, but his wife would invite me over to the house and mm-hmm. other students from time to time mm-hmm. for chili dinner. Mm-hmm. The vice president of student affairs, she would bring us in and talk with us. So you've got to have a balanced life if you're going to be able to enjoy the college experience. Thank you all so much. Associate Pastor Corey Linda Bellamy, Senior Lady Latrice Wallace Bellamy, Elder Maurice and Lady Satoya Clanton and Sister Chardonnay Muhammad, thank you so much for being with us on today's episode. Friends, that's all the time that we have for today. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode, which was produced by Associate Pastor Corey Lyndon Bellamy Sr. Be safe, stay healthy, and God bless.